Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. All NFL for you the rest of the hour here. Unless Jesse slides in some college to the hate it or love it. But uh, West Coast Bias coming up next. We're going to focus on the San Francisco 49ers. Just how good is this Niners team after watching them win over the Cardinals on Thursday and Jimmy Garoppolo throw four touchdown passes. But we will start with the Seattle Seahawks, who will be right here on the fan, by the way, after us pregame beginning at 11 o'clock. Um Seahawks added Josh Gordon this week. So the Josh Gordon story was a little bit weird because Gordon was on injured reserve and everyone kind of assumed, oh, that means the season's done. He comes out and says, no, I'm not that hurt. I should be back in a week and I hope the Patriots release me. Well, the Patriots released him off of injured reserve, which in some ways is a little bit confusing because he is a good receiver. But maybe he maybe something happened again with the with the drugs or the alcohol or whatever the the issues that he's had in the past, or maybe he just wasn't following the quote unquote patriot way. So he went on to waivers, and most of the teams in the NFL passed on Josh Gordon because the waivers are in the order of uh, you know best teams in football, and it goes from the worst to the best. The Seahawks were the team that were able to get Josh Gordon on waivers. No team worse than the Seahawks put in a waiver claim on Josh Gordon. And he will be, not this week, but next week, a Seattle Seahawks wide receiver next to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And as long as he minds his P's and Q's and stays healthy, what a move for the Seattle Seahawks. If if Josh Gordon can come in and be clean and sober and clear-headed Josh Gordon, along with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who a, a, a receiving staff who's already been good, right? You know what I'm saying? Right now, Russell Wilson is already the the leader as the MVP uh, award winner this year. Can we agree on that? Like, I don't think there's a a, a person that's more uh, set up to win this award right now in the NFL than Russell Wilson. That said, you just gave him Josh Gordon after all the other teams passed on him, and they just he just happened to land right in the Seahawks' lap. If I'm Pete Carroll, man, I'm doing cartwheels and backflips right now because I know I just got myself a game breaker on top of this guy in Tyler Lockett who I can send deep every single time and pretty much watch him get separation by at least three or four yards on whomever's guarding him. And then this beast in DK Metcalf that I can just throw the ball to and watch him go Megatron, basically, on on everybody. And then I add a Josh Gordon on, on top of that. Like, the Seahawks were already – even this is even with San Francisco. You know, I think the Seahawks are still the best team in the NFC West. 
I think San Francisco has been lucky enough to not have to play anyone yet, and we'll talk about that later. But Russell Wilson is already a quarterback that's made stuff happen with less. And I've always keep I kind of keep equating him to Brady as when Brady first started, it was the defense was really strong, and Brady just had to go out there and just not screw up. Right. And Russell Wilson went out there and just not screw up for long enough to where it became his team. And now he's such a valuable player and he can win with, you know, B minus talent that now that you give him an A, A minus, A minus, you know, group, Russell Wilson's gonna run through the rest of this, the rest of this league. And that's depending on if it's a big question mark, can Josh Gordon be the Josh Gordon that we're I guess not used to seeing, which is the one <laughs> right. that's suspended, which is the one that's you know going through uh, drug and alcohol treatment or whatever the case is. If he can come in there and be, be the football player that we know he can be, then I don't know if there's a better team in the NFC West than the is, is he talent wise the best receiver that Russell Wilson's had in, in the Seahawks? Uniform? Absolutely, and that's saying something because Russell Wilson has been able to do a lot with little. He's made Tyler Lockett a guy who look Tyler Lockett's good. But he's not the prototypical number one wide receiver. He's made Lockett the number one wide receiver in Seattle. Um, and re- these last few weeks, DK Metcalf is proving to be a great target as well for him, especially in the red zone. I mean, adding Josh Gordon to that, you're talking about, I mean, obviously the Niners are in first in the division right now, but you're talking about an offense that's already been been, been uh, succeeding for the most part. You're talking about a guy in Russell Wilson who is an MVP candidate, and you're just adding another absolute freak to that offense who catches passes and is a good, true number one wide receiver. Who boy. I, I don't, I don't see many negatives to this unless Josh Gordon gets in trouble again, but if he does, then you're back to where you were, which was already really successful. So uh, I don't really see a lot of negatives to this. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to be a locker room killer. I, I honestly think he's going to mesh well with the coaching style of Pete Carroll. Cause Pete Carroll's a real, you know, I don't I don't know if Gordon ever really meshed well with Belichick. He's just such a hard A when it comes to, you know, being in the locker room and what you got to do. Because, I mean, even Tom Brady has to be accountable, you know, where in other other franchises, other places, the superstars get passes. You don't in that locker room. I think he's going to fit his cult with the culture of Seattle a lot better than the culture of New England. Um I think there could be high upset. I know one of the reasons New England wanted to get rid of him was because they said his work ethic wasn't there. But this is a guy who we know. You said true number one. I don't know if he's a true number one right now, but he has the ability to be an elite guy. And I, I think, think in terms of skill set, he's a true number one. And yes, and and what I think what I thought was interesting about that is I think his skill set is uniquely similar to a guy in DK Metcalf. And if you could get uh, these two on the same page you could i think he could be mm, when it comes to like running routes getting open being a football player on the field he could be a good mentor for dk metcalf when it comes to doing all the other stuff i think i I think the rest of the team's going to be a good mentor for gordon but i i I don't know if we're going to see all these other problems we haven't seen it you know since he 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 removed himself last year which granted maybe it wasn't he removing himself but Jamison Crowder with yeah. the touchdown cast in the first drive. Yeah, we're, we're wrong on that oh, one there, Mike. But, um, <laughs> but I, I think this could be a really good situation for both parties. I don't see a guy in Josh Gordon from six years ago, but I think what you saw out of him last year with New England is what maybe you could get out of him going forward. I, th- I think the, the difference between, you know, with Josh Gordon is 
out, really outside of New England, you know, he's never really had a great situation. The situation in Cleveland was bad for everybody. Even Cleveland has an abundance of stars now, and it seems like everybody's miserable and as far as what's happening there. You know what I mean? Culture, so, culture, culture. And then you come to New England, and you talk about culture where the culture is do your job. It's not have fun. It's not just love your teammates. It's, man, do your job. You are an independent contractor. We will let you go if you don't do your job. You know, and this is what the, this is just uh, this is what the Patriots do, man. Ask Albert Hainsworth, who thought he was going to come play for the Patriots, and they were like, "Yeah, you know what, man, we're going to go ahead and, and let you go." You know, Richard Seymour, anybody like that that, that came over and thought they were going to just do the the same old stuff, and it just doesn't work like that. And Seattle, much different place, much looser place. The arguably the loosest head coach in the in the entire NFL, and it's crazy because you look at these two offensive and and really great football minds, and Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. You know, both these incredible win percentages, but both of them are incredibly different as far as how they get the results they get. And everybody loves playing for Pete Carroll. And I think Josh Gordon is going to be one of those guys who's going to fall in line and love playing with Pete Carroll and love playing in Seattle and really love the culture. And I think this is a win for Seattle. This text, uh, Gordon is going to a state with legal marijuana. He definitely won't make it to the end of the year. If that is true that he is going to a state with legal weed, I, I would hope that the Seahawks are going to give him enough of a support system to uh, protect him from that. I don't know. I don't know how much you can protect him from that in, in a state where it's legal and easy to get. But that is obviously a concern. I'm sure. But, but I mean, hey, he, he can't smoke. I mean, this is still one of those things. Like he's still in the NFL, and the NFL still has uh, a substance abuse policy. So man, he's a, he can get it in New England in Boston. It's not good, as good as it is in. Seattle, I guess it was but, legal there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it legal in Massachusetts? I think it is. I don't, yeah. I don't, is it legal legal in Massachusetts? I think I don't it know. is. I don't yeah. think it is, but the. That, I mean, it's never been hard to get. No, That's not if, a especially big, if you're a superstar. If you're if you're a a, a famous, rich NFL, NBA, major league baseball. Yeah, yeah. You're, th- that's going to be no problem to find. So uh, this text says, problem is the Pats say Gordon acted lazily and half interested in playing. Maybe Josh needs time to work off seriously for his mental yeah. health. Maybe, but Josh Gordon's had so much time to work on his mental health. He hasn't been playing. He hasn't been around the team. Uh, consistently over the last few years. I don't know if Josh Gordon's mental health will improve enough to the point where he will will not have these demons affect him. He just needs to have enough self-control to not let uh, let them affect him so he can keep playing. That That is something, mental health, I am a huge advocate for mental health as someone who has suffered with issues from it before, but uh, it is something that takes years and years and years of work to get to get through. And... He doesn't have years and years and years. He needs to have a career if it's if it's something he's interested in doing, you know? So for me, it's one of those things where it's you got to have that fine line. He's worked on his mental health. He's worked on his literal health. He's worked on his substance abuse. This is who Josh Gordon is. He just needs to have the self-control to do it, and maybe Seattle will be the place to do it. I just wonder, is this one of his last few chances because he keeps having negative commentary about him and he keeps getting chances because he's talented. I mean, how many more does he get if it doesn't work in Seattle? I don't know if that, I don't know how many more he gets. I don't know if this work ethic problem in New England this season is tied to his mental health. That's a drive issue. That that pure and simple. And, and not to mention, you've seen this time and time again, where veterans love to come into New England for a season, a season, get their chance at a ring and. Bail. Why? Because it can wear you out. Bill Belichick will wear you out. That message can get 
so old so quickly, and it takes a special type of player to just go, man, I'm just winning. I don't care. And you got to think about the guys that end up staying in New England forever. They're guys that are incredibly cerebral. I mean, Brady is a guy that doesn't drink beer during the season, only drinks sparkling, you know, rejuvenation water or whatever it is. Like, you've got to be a different type of cat to really survive, you know, in, in that type of, of setting for that long. You know, there's no – there's a – a reason that Russell Wilson is as, as loose as he is and is, you know, married to uh, Sierra, a superstar and all type of stuff. Like he and Brady are as similar as could be to uh, up, up, up and down. And Brady made Josh Gordon look like a world beater. I think that they average, like I want to say a little over 12 yards, you know, per reception between the two. So you add that to a Russell Wilson, a guy who knows how to escape and knows how to move and knows how to direct his receivers to where he needs them to be to make a play. Like, I think Josh Gordon can be just fine here, and it's, uh, it's going to be much different because now he can breathe and he doesn't have to worry about the pressure of being on a terrible franchise like the Browns or pressure being under the scrutiny of being a Patriot. And with Bill Belichick and everything, now he can go to a place to where – Everybody is accepting of him. Everybody wants him to be there. Everybody. It's the no, Silicon and, Valley of franchises. And you get bean bags and and it, you know and, and and foosball tables to play with while while you're at lunch break. And like, everybody knows your issues. You know, everybody knows your issues there. So as far as being able to be supported, I hope that wouldn't be a problem. But it's again, like you said, like you both said, that's going to be up to Josh Gordon. This text says, I don't mean to sound cynical, but is Seattle a great spot for a guy like Gordon? I don't mean as a player. I mean for the man himself. And his inner demons. I think what Jesse and Rashad are saying is is right. Is he tried the complete opposite in in New England, right? He tried the super structured. He tried the uh, the the organization that that takes as little fun as possible to win games. It didn't work out. Now he's going to the opposite. The organization that has a lot of fun. The organization that's a little bit looser. The organization that at least on the surface appears to have a culture of openness and talking about things and. Maybe that does help him more as a player. And, I mean, where else has he been in his career? Nowhere that has been like Seattle. You ever been to Cleveland? Listen, I'm a Patriots fan, and I've been to Boston. Beautiful architecture, great place. Man, it's not a place that you want to live, you know, forever. And Foxborough, Massachusetts is just not the same. That's you know just a saying? suburb, yeah. So, yeah, so it's just it's, – it's, it's way different. And now that he's in a, sp- a place – where that doesn't completely suck, I think he'll be fine. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, it's the West Coast bias. Let's switch gears, stay in the same division, though. The 49ers win again, this time against the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football. Jimmy Garoppolo had a breakout game for him this year, and the Niners' defense took a little bit of a step back, but... Just how good is this Niners team? This is Football Sunday in the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had an ear in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It means it's time to focus on the West Coast. We've already been talking about the Seahawks, obviously. And uh, we're going to get to the Niners here in a second. But I did see this, and uh, I wanted to mention it before we move on. Russell Wilson pushed for the Seahawks to go after Antonio Brown, not Josh Gordon, uh, in, in adding a wide receiver this week. Quickly on that, I think adding Josh Gordon is the smarter decision because one guy is a culture killer, and the other guy just has problems with drugs. Uh, in a, in a 
league and in sports in general where culture is so important and in a city in Seattle and a team with the Seahawks where culture is as important as it is, you do not bring in Antonio Brown, the culture killer, when you can get Josh Gordon uh, on waivers without having to spend as much money. <laughs> See, I don't know if I uh, – yes, Antonio Brown is a weirdo, super, super weirdo. But I'm looking at the franchises that he played for, and these are franchises that allow weirdness. They thrive on weirdness. You know, the Steelers thrive on, you know, just noise and everything. The Raiders is all what? about noise. The Steelers? The Steelers are, like, one of the most buttoned-up franchises Since, out there. Man, they haven't been. We've All we've talked about for a year, for the last, like, three, four years in the show, is how unbuttoned-up the Steelers are and how Mike Tomlin is, and, and the company has completely lost control of everything that happens in there. Complete with That includes Ben Roethlisberger's situation. That includes the Lavian Bell situation. That includes Antonio Brown. Like, the Steelers have done – they haven't been buttoned-up. Yes, historically, absolutely, but – over the past four or five years, man, no, they haven't been that Steelers team. The Raiders has never been that team. The Raiders is all about noise. That's true. That's exactly what they do is about noise. The Patriots, nobody had a problem with Josh Gore, or excuse me, with with for uh, Antonio Brown as far as we know. We haven't heard anybody on the team say anything bad about him. Everybody liked him when he was there. He was cool. He did that. He just all the extra stuff that was going on, the other charge that came up with the sexual assault, then it was like, all right, man, we got to let you go. But it wasn't a performance issue. It wasn't anything like that. So in a place like Seattle, yeah, I can think he could have fit in really well, been somebody that wouldn't really – he was going to get the ball. You know that he's going to be the best receiver there. Russell Wilson's pushing for him, so clearly he wants to get him the ball. I don't think it would have been a problem there because Seattle, again, Pete Carroll just created a culture that's like, man, we're here. They're used to guys that that talk and everything stuff. Richard Sherman, somebody that talked a whole, whole lot for uh, Seattle. Not as much as Antonio Brown talks, but definitely did a whole lot of jibber-jabber and stuff for Seattle. So I think it could have worked. Um, again, and we're at this point to where he's on a, a one-strike type of deal. Like, come in, you mess up once, and we're just going to shoot I think you he's out. on a no-strike deal. That's why nobody's signing No, that's what I'm saying. You come in, you do the one wrong thing that we don't like, and you know what, bro? We're going to let you go because we understand that at this point it's a pattern. You you were on two teams and with a matter in a matter of like two and a half months Three teams in, like, three months? Like, yeah, bro, it's time for you to – you won't be in the NFL if he would have messed up. There's no way that he would have been able to be okay in Seattle. They don't pass the ball enough. He wouldn't have gotten enough targets. You're, you're talking about a guy that unless he's getting 10, 11 targets a game, he's unhappy. He's pouting. He, exactly. If he's getting six or seven or eight targets a game, which is a good amount for a, a good receiver – like, granted, it's not a lead amount, but that's not what the Seahawks do. And he wouldn't get six, seven, eight targets a game as a Seahawk. He would have he would have had problems there. Uh, this text says, Gordon is troubled. Brown makes trouble out of thin air. I think that's a good way to put it, too. Uh, you don't want someone who makes trouble out of thin air. If things are working well, you don't want that guy to have issues. And uh, that is a guy who makes issues out of nothing. All right, Niners beat the Cardinals on Thursday. Final score, 28-25. It was a little bit closer thanks to a like 88-yard touchdown pass by Kyler Murray late in the game to make it a closer game. But Jimmy Garoppolo played great through four touchdowns in the game. He's been a big question mark for the Niners so far this year. Uh, he had a kind of a breakout game. Not that the Cardinals' defense is great or even that good, but it's a, still four touchdown passes, especially on a Thursday night game, is, is pretty pretty impressive if you ask me. Niners are undefeated, continue to be undefeated. Um, their defense, I think, is elite. Their offense is good enough. And after watching the last couple of weeks, I fully believe in the Niners. I think the Niners are the real deal. I really do. 
Uh, I think the Niners' defense is incredible. Um, I think it really sucked for them to lose uh, Quan Alexander the other night. I thought that that's a big blow that people aren't really talking a whole lot about, but probably should. Um, he's really the, if we're being real, he's kind of been just the short time he's been there. He's been like the heart and soul of that defense. He's been a part of the identity of that defense. And now with him being gone, not really sure what, what that's going to look like. But my only concern with the 49ers right now is the fact that, I mean, you play who's in front of you, but that said, you haven't really, you haven't beat anyone, you know, like you, you beat up on the, on the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Steelers who can't get right right now, the Browns who are a, a mess right now, the Rams don't seem to be the team that we're used to. The Washington is Washington, <laughs> and they're on like their 40th quarterback in like 42 years or something stupid. The Panthers don't have Cam, and you know, so I mean, Panthers are better without the Panthers. Cam. I mean, oh, well, I don't. Okay, well, I'm not gonna go there. No, that's that's a true statement. I mean, it's a true statement. If Cam's not gonna run, he hasn't for a year and a half. He's yeah, not a good quarterback. That foot hasn't been good for a year and a half. So yeah, right now, yes, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. But yeah, he's not better than Cam Newton. But that's a whole other. Thing. And then, then they played the Cardinals, the, the rookie quarterback with, uh, you know, that actually looked really good, you know, in that game. And the defense just was able to hold on and stop them. So I don't really – I don't see a team on here that's like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a quality win. Of course, you play who's in front of you. They have nothing to do with the schedule. But that's my only kind of concern. You know, I look at New England, and, you know, they've beat some – Pretty okay team, but the, mm. well, I mean, what do you? New the, England has the, the Bills easiest, defense. The Bills defense wasn't was New good. England's had the easiest schedule in football, the like Bills ever. The ever. Bills weren't the Bills aren't a good defense. The Bills the Bills are the only quality win they have. They got to play them twice, and yeah. then they have to. They're also going to have to play. They play the NFC East this year, correct? Uh, so I, I think they have to play, you know, Philly and Dallas and, you know, all those teams. The Patriots have a tougher schedule at the end of the year, but yeah. the Patriots have played less than the Niners. So Patriots no, have but, played I mean, But coming up for the Niners, this is going to, this is really going to be the litmus test for them because they've got Sam, uh, Seattle next, you know, and then after that, they're going to have the Packers. Then they're going to have the Ravens, you know, so at least there's three teams within, within the, the next Saints. four games. And the Saints, but like Jesse was saying earlier, the Saints are not the Saints that we're used to seeing, but still okay. Still Saints, a good team. I think the Saints are the Still best team in football, to be honest. You think so? I do, yeah. I'd take them over the four. The Saints are so yeah, good. So, so yeah. the Saints are going to be that team. So, really, the, when, and they have to, we have to see what they do against the Packers. So, right now, I think it's really impressive. You know, whenever you go 6 0, 8 0, man, that's incredibly impressive. We don't want to take anything away from San Francisco right now. But the offense hasn't looked great. You know, the defense has looked really, really good. But now that they're losing uh, a couple uh, of at least a really good player for their defense. I don't know right now. Like, so time will tell. But this game against the Seahawks is going to be uh, key for them because now they have to go up against a, a bunch of really, really good offensive weapons. That is Monday Night Football next week, by the way. Uh, I think the Niners have two and a half quality wins. The Rams 20 to seven, and they made Jared Goff look like an absolute buffoon out there. That was the game that the Rams got like, like 50 yards of total offense. Um, the Panthers win was insane. 51 to 13 against what I think is a good Panthers team is absolutely unbelievable. In my opinion, uh, it just, the, the blowout was unbelievable. And then I thought this week's game was, was good. I think the Cardinals are better than people think. And I think the fact that they were able to face a mobile quarterback and for the most part until the very end of the game, keep him in check was very impressive to me and to see Garoppolo's offense uh, help the offense kind of move along was good. They've got so many running backs that can help you on any single given, given day. 
A little love to Kendrick Bourne on their offense as well, Portland native. What you mean? That's my guy, man. I, I love watching him play, especially because I've been watching him since high school. Coolest kid and everything. So, like, yeah, shout out to Kendrick Bourne. Now, I, I know Quan Alexander got hurt. He's out for the year. But their defensive line of Nick Bosa, who is an absolute freak, D Ford, and two former Ducks, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, has been sensational. Well, when you're in the top, you know, of the draft every year for the past, you know, few years, and you just keep taking defensive linemen and keep taking linebackers, eventually you're going to be at a, in a spot to where you guys are pretty talented and you're seeing it all of a sudden. Well, hey, they hit on almost all their picks. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think the Niners are for real. I don't think they're the best team in football, but I do think that they're for real. Who's the Niners uh, GM? GM? Is it John Lynch? It's John Lynch, one of the great... President of uh, football ops, yep. right? One of, one of, one do of, they have a GM under him? They might. But. It's kind of like a they, him and Kyle Shanahan have one of the more cerebral um, jobs as far as a GM and coach working together to build the roster. One of the great defensive players in football and oftentimes kind of goes uh, unmentioned as we start talking about the greatest defensive players in football and John Lynch. And, you know, that is... You having that mind in there kind of helps you build uh, a great defense, and so far that's what they've been able to do in San Francisco. Hey, you know I love John Lynch, former I, I, Bronco, had I mean, my last name, had his jersey. Your cousin of yours, probably? Oh, I don't know, probably not. I don't have any athletic prowess like he did. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, it's time for hate it or love it. We'll see what Jesse has in store for us. As for the first time in three weeks, we're going to have to actually have a competition with this. All right, and uh, I'm now on like a two or three week winning streak, right? Because that's what Rashad does. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, you can have it. Two or three weeks. That's next. First, Jesse S. Porcini. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time to hate and or love various things that Jesse... Tells us to hate or love. Let's go. Let's let's hate or love things. Um, I am friend Mike. All right. I, I honestly, we <laughs> water. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit. You you kind of dabbled into it before you got into your West Coast bias with Russell Wilson uh, lobbying for Antonio Brown. Now Russell Wilson's always prided himself on being this man of God. We're not going to have sex till we're married. Thing with Sierra, all this type of thing. Which I don't buy for I a second. I don't think that's true either. But keep and going. now he's lobbying for a guy who's literally not playing in the NFL because he has multiple allegations of sexual assault against him. Love or hate, Russell Wilson just showed how phony of um, how, how phony he really is after pushing for AB. Um. I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one. I want to be careful with the whole Russell Wilson is, isn't real. I think he puts forth a personality that is not fully himself, but I don't think the things he says that he's interested in are things that he's not interested in. Like, I think he is a man of God. I think he is, uh, he is a Christian man and he, he, he wants to follow good life rules. And I, I believe that. Uh, I also think as a football player, he cares about winning and he sees a very talented wide receiver out there that's not being used and uh, wants to use him. Um, I, I don't fully buy the whole like no sex before marriage thing. You know, you're dating Sierra, who's a bombshell, gorgeous woman, and you're, you're really going to wait. And you were dating for like two years. And I'm like, I don't I don't buy that at all. But 
I, I don't want to say that what he believes in is phony. I just think he also believes in winning football games and wanting to win. And um, I mean, is, is Antonio Brown like anti-Christian? He's not like some guy who's against religion. He's just somebody who causes issues. So I'm going to say, hey, I don't think that this necessarily means that he's that he's fully phony. I just think that he, he plays up some of the stuff a little bit too much. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and hate say hate as well uh, for now. I mean, until something's proven in the court of law, like Antonio Brown is still innocent until proven guilty. So uh, we can say whatever we want as far as that's concerned. But also one thing we don't talk about is we don't understand or we don't really know the relationships with some of these guys outside of football. We know NFL players, NBA players work out together. They go through some of they have some of the same trainers and things like that. So it wouldn't shock me if Russell Wilson actually had a relationship with Antonio Brown enough to know kind of what he's got going on. And also, like you mentioned, Lynch, when you have a guy that's as talented as Antonio Brown on the on the sidelines and nobody else is really going at him, and you're a player, a person, a player like Russell Wilson who's never really had the luxury of great receivers at any point, yeah, it doesn't shock me that he would reach out to his head coach during his MVP season and say, man, we need to go out and try to get this guy because he could be a game changer for us. Uh, foot, everything aside, man, people still want to win football games. Russell Wilson understands that, man, if you want to be great in this game, you have to win championships, and the way to win championships is to, to build a strong team. And I think that's all he was doing. I don't really care about what he does outside of football. If he, He's no A.C. Green, so I don't think he was actually waiting until marriage to, to, to have sex with Sierra. Have you seen Sierra dance? I don't think he was waiting for marriage. My goodies. My but, goodies. But, yeah, so I, I think it's one of those things that he wanted to win. He saw an opportunity to reach out and find somebody that could help him do that. And I don't think there's anything phony about that part. A couple of quick updates. Preston Williams, touchdown reception for the Dolphins to tie the game at seven. Uh, Jacoby Brissett hurt and out of the game. Brian Hoyer in for the Colts. And Adam Thielen hurt and questionable to return with a hamstring injury uh, for the Vikings. Phony. Phony. I know you think. I, he's a phony. I think a lot of people think he's not who he says he is, but I don't I don't think it's as, as big. I, I'm sorry. You cannot do I guarantee you Tim Tebow doesn't do that. As much as people hate Like, this is the exact same thing. Tim Tebow, Russell Wilson, same thing. Tim Tebow doesn't do that. Russell Didn't Wilson Tim does. Tim Tebow support his former college teammate Aaron Hernandez. So you stand by him and say some. Uh, stand I do. I'm just. I'm just saying, man. Like, uh, no, saying. no, no, no. I'm just. Uh, you have somebody who's like, I'm not gonna have sex with somebody until I'm married, and then he's like, I. And I get the innocent until proven guilty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. He. You. You got to have. That there's when you're that devout of a Christian, when you're drawing those lines, those lines are drawn, and that is one of those lines that's drawn. He's a phony. He's a phony. Somebody who grew up in that community, he's a phony. As a Christian, you're supposed to do the whole. At, you know, no, no, no. In growing so, up in that, saying. growing up in that community, he's a phony. I'm just saying. He's a phony. <laughs> All right, moving on. I've completely backed away. If you couldn't tell <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying he's a phony dude 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 his he he sure he's christian but I, i'll tell you what this this whole the, he's an act he is a phony act L moving on uh we're gonna move on to uh tonight's sunday night edition of uh nfl football on nbc sunday night football prime time gonna have the ravens patriots ravens coming off of a bye week they have two weeks to prepare for the Patriots with their offense that's revolutionizing football. I don't know if it's revolutionizing football, but Lamar Jackson's dang good. So with that said, love or hate, Ravens going to give the Pats their first loss of the season. 
Boy, oh boy, this has been something that's been kind of knocking around my head a lot this week. A lot of people are picking the Ravens this week to win this game. Uh, and I just don't think I can believe that. Um, this Patriots defense has been something else this year. Now, yes, we just talked about it last segment, and it was confirmed to Rashad in the break. The Patriots have played nobody. The only team they've played that's any good is the Bills. Um, but I don't think that matters when the defense has been as good as it has been. There's a level of, oh, you played bad competition, and there's a level of, OS. Oh, this defense is really good. The secondary is probably the best in the NFL. Uh, they're constantly getting pressure into the backfield. And it's a lot of guys who you wouldn't really normally expect to either. Lamar Jackson is a different challenge. They played somebody somewhat similar and Josh Allen had a little bit of a tougher time stopping him, but still held him to only two touchdowns. Um, to me, this will be a closer game, but the Patriots will win this game because they are one of the best teams in football. And the defense will find a way to confuse Lamar Jackson, who started off the year sensationally, has kind of come a little bit back down to earth as the year has gone on. He is a great running quarterback. He's better at passing than we thought he was, but he's not as good as he was in the first two weeks of the season either. That was a little bit of a fluke because he was playing teams like, well, the Miami Dolphins. So to me, I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, I think the Patriots still win this game against Baltimore. I absolutely hate it. Um, the numbers speak for themselves. Over the last 20 games, the New England, when the Patriots have played a quarterback that's 25 or, 25 or younger, uh, the Patriots have not lost a single game in the past 20 games. Uh, that And also, those those 25 and under quarterbacks have totaled for 18 touchdowns and 28 total interceptions against the Patriots. Bill Belichick knows how to game plan. He knows how to game plan for some of the very best players ever. So when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, rookie running backs, rookie head coaches, Bill Belichick is going to take advantage of that all day long. You saw what happened to Sean McVay, the, the boy genius during the Super Bowl. They couldn't score any points, and it was the most defensive-minded game that you will ever see because Bill Belichick is that smart. His, he's got this defense playing at an elite, all-time great level. They've scored, or the defense has scored four touchdowns. They've allowed four touchdowns the entire season. They're all-time great right now, even considering the fact that, like Lynch said, they've only played one good team, and that was the Bills in their own division, but nobody under uh, 25 or under goes uh, against New England and and really lives to tell the story. So absolutely hate it. Wow. Uh, every once in a while, uh, Rashad just really brings out a barrage of, of points, and that was one of them. That I mean, happens. It, it, it helps. Bang, bang. You, helps when the topic's <laughs> part of your, you know, one of, the, one of the teams is your favorite team. So. Hey, man, stop asking Patriots questions. Uh, all right, well, uh, moving <laughs> on. Um the Denver Broncos. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, the Denver Broncos have a unique uh, situation, and I believe it's the first time ever that they have a quarterback room uh, that's never taken an NFL snap. Uh, so their starter in Brandon Allen, who couldn't make the practice squad of Jacksonville and couldn't make the practice squad of the L.A. Rams, will be the starter for the Denver Broncos this week. <laughs> Love or hate, Brandon Allen will get the surprise win against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, okay. This is, this is a gut feeling more than anything that has any sort of logic behind it because Brandon Allen does not deserve to be starting a game in the NFL whatsoever. A funny nugget uh, because I play Madden. Brandon Allen in Madden, his rating is a 46. <laughs> a 46. Oh, my God. That's how bad they view Brandon Allen. 
and he's going to be starting a game for the Broncos. However, here is my thought on this game, and it's a gut feeling. The Broncos' strength is their running game. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman have had good years so far this year. Um, I think Brandon Allen will have a very simple passing game plan that includes the running backs a lot, who are the best players in the offense at this moment, except for maybe Cortland Sutton, if you want to include him as well. And the Broncos' defense didn't get rid of anybody which is a, a nice sign for them moving forward against the Browns team that has an offensive line that's given up so many sacks and so many pressures to Baker Mayfield. And you still have a solid secondary for a guy like Baker Mayfield who throws the ball to the other team way too often. I don't think Baker's good this year. Uh, I think the offensive line is more of an issue than Baker is an issue, but the Broncos pass rush should be able to get to him and keep this game close. And I think because of that and the fact that it's in Denver, which is always a tough place to go, the Broncos will be able to come out with a win in this game due to the running game and the defense. Maybe it's 10 to seven. Maybe it's 14 to 12. I don't know, but I think it's going to be super low scoring. And I think it's going to be a win for the Broncos. Um, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna love it. Um, I think it's really hard to game plan for somebody that you've never seen before. You know, we've seen a lot of times first year, second year quarterbacks who've just been sitting on the sideline forever come in the game and, really provide a huge spark for a team and the team can really rally behind a guy because it's a brand new energy. It's a brand new quarterback coming in as, as your trigger man. And I think, uh, I think he might be ready for that. And really Joe Flacco as we, we can agree. Joe Flacco's on the tail end of his career. It wouldn't shock me if really within the next couple years, he decided to kind of hang him up and will be a great career for Flacco super bowl win couple 5,000 yard seasons and everything like that. But here's a guy that you kind of have to move forward and it might be with Brandon Allen. It wasn't with Brock Icewaller or any of the other Paxton Lynch or any of the other guys. He could be somebody that can step in and give you something different. The one thing he can do that he the other guys haven't be. been able to do. No, but the one thing he can do that the other guys haven't been able to do is he's at least mobile. He can at least move a little bit and escape the pocket. And whenever you can escape the pocket, you can extend a play for a little bit. So now you give your time for some of those receivers to find themselves open. And then on top of that, I think when you have a, a pretty good pass game, you have to respect the run a little more and vice versa. So that gives guys like, you know, Royce Freeman an opportunity to really shine and Philip Lindsay an opportunity to really shine. I think this could be a great thing for everybody involved because this is new blood and nobody's seen this coming, even especially the Browns who have been completely awful since like the second game of the season. All right, tallying up here, doing math quickly. In my I'm going to go ahead and assume Rashad's Patriots points got him the win today. Just, just an assumption. Were my just, points about your team? Well, I don't know, probably. Probably not that. Uh, I think you, it was the points about the you did. You, here we go. Here, bop, bop. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, winner today goes to, it was close. It was closer than I think you think, Mike, but Rashad Taylor. That's how we come back for a big win. Yeah, man. What would you like to talk about next? Well, we can't talk about the Blazers, so let's talk about. We can talk uh, about the Blazers. Can we? You want to talk about how disappointing that loss was last night? Can we? Yeah, you can. Is that a thing? Well, let's do that. It's the last segment of the show. Yeah, Football Sunday, Blazers, next on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth, glorious. I win this week. Blazers lose last night. Um, what, 129-128 on a last-second shot by who? Some guy I hadn't heard of before. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm all good with losing the game. Like, if you'd have told me Tobias Harris or Al Horford made the game-winning shot 
Ben Simmons, I'd have been like, oh, okay. Well, you know, one of their stars. Who? I'm, uh, I don't it's know. Like, it's like Furkan something. I don't even want to try to pronounce it. But Furkan Korsmaz. Yeah. Korf- Korsmaz. Yeah. Something like Furkan that. Furkan Korsmaz makes a three-pointer Here, with .4 seconds left. Here's the thing about last night's game. I saw a lot of positivity from Blazer fans on Twitter. Because it's like, oh, well, we didn't have White Side, we didn't have Collins, we were playing small ball the entire game, and the Sixers were the only undefeated team left. You were at least in the game, that's good. Screw that. You're up by 21 points. You're none of that. And you get, you blow the lead, which sucks, but that happens in the NBA, right? I mean, big leads don't last in the fourth quarter that often. Teams will come back. But you blow the lead. You get the game-winning shot, you think, from a great play from Damian Lillard. He gets doubled when he's driving. He finds the open Anthony Simons in the corner who drills a three, gives you the the two-point lead. And then you give up a wide-open three. Lillard got caught on a screen, and they didn't switch. I don't know if the the plan was not to switch or if uh, Lillard just didn't do a good enough job off the screen. Give up a wide-open three to lose. I mean, those are the kind of games in a, in a Western Conference that's going to come down to, like, two games from teams two to nine this year. Those are the kind of games you can't lose. Now, you stole one in Dallas on that challenge on the road trip. You went 3-1 and one on the road trip, which was nice. But I, I was like, you can't lose that game to the Sixers. It's your one home game in a stretch of, like, 13 road games. You can't lose that game, and they did, and, and, the, I, and that sucks. And the Sixers, who have been unbeaten uh, before coming into last night's game, this is an opportunity for you to put that blemish on them. The Sixers have played some really talented teams, you know, so far this year. Uh, and that, I think that includes Milwaukee as well, and they, I think they beat them. So this was an opportunity for the Blazers to come in and show that they're for real. And so far this season, they're 0-2 at home. They're, they're 500 right now. They're, they're making all the pundits that chose them to finish 6th and 7th look validated at this point. Like, and then uh, you mentioned Zach Collins. You know, when we were in the break, Zach Collins is going to have surgery. So he's going to be out for an extended period. Don't of time. know how long he's going to be out for, but uh, we can assume it's over a month, though, somewhere around there, maybe. My, I, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how long the recovery is from a dislocated shoulder surgery, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it might be a while. And we we saw uh, Hassan Whiteside leave the game, uh, limpy last night. Two nights ago, or two yeah. nights ago, excuse me. Obviously, Nurkic is still, you know, on the comeback trail. So he probably won't be back till February. You're looking a little thin in your front court right now. So we'll it's see. It's going to be a lot of Scal the BCA oh, and a lot of Anthony Tolliver. Tight. Scal's been pretty good. Scal's been okay, but he's not even Zach Collins at this point. So, you know, you, he's what Zach Collins was two years ago. You want him to be better, and hopefully he can. Be. Uh, by the way, Jacoby Brissett's knee injury looks bad. Uh, he's standing on the sideline, which is good, but his own offensive lineman stepped on his ankle like full stepped on it and his whole leg bent awkwardly under it. It made me cringe seeing it. So hopefully, hopefully it's not as serious as it looked, but it looked pretty bad. Hopefully he'll be okay to return at some point for now. Brian Hoyer is the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts against the Steelers. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Seahawks pregame coming up right after us. We'll be back next week. Most likely once again at nine to 11, but uh, we'll update you on social media if it is earlier because the Seahawks are on Monday night football next week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.